my lad to Leeds. That amazing clip of Pablo Hernandez scoring against Millwall was supplied by LUFC Lewis. Amazing stuff, thank you mate. Lots of panicking involved in it. We didn't get to see the game, it wasn't on TV. We well, we were out in Manchester to mm. be honest, just letting the scores come through on BBC and Twitter. Which but, is probably, I would argue, the most stressful way to... In, to endure a Leeds match. And even when we win, it's never a pleasant experience just getting notifications popping up on your phone, is it? That yeah. it, It's the worst. It's like as if there's an evil secret that someone down the line has got and at any moment they're just giving you good news or bad news. Do you know what I mean? Like Almost like it's made up. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you can't see it. and just... It almost feels like the person behind the BBC notifications is like some evil, psychological, almost serial killer who's just messing with your head before they come in with the the slice of your throat, but from behind you, it's 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 that most horrible way. I I'd like to ban. I'd almost like to go to old school where we go to. Do you even know what CFAX is or teletext? What is that? I almost feel like it was literally something you could put on your telly. So, like, do you know that like, you get apps now? Yeah. It was something you could get on your telly back in the day, and it was, like, really kind of basic, like DOS version. Do you even know what DOS version is? No. You don't even know what DOS version is. So it's almost like it was just text that you could bring up, and you used to watch the scores come in, and it used to refresh. And it was just text of the game, not even commentary. Literally, it would have been yesterday, Leeds United nil, nil, Millwall. And you would just sit there with on your TV refreshing, waiting for it to come through. But this feels worse because you don't even see that. Do you know what I mean? You're just consistently getting when you're trying to go through your life. I mean, I got one of these iPhone watches for Christmas. Yeah, I don't spoil, but the, it's horrible. Because, like, you're sitting there, like we were, with your mum, whose birthday it was, like that, and you don't want to look because you're thinking it's another Millwall goal. Sitting there in that restaurant just hoping to score, really. We just kept checking Instagram to look at the goals, and then I saw Bamford miss the penalty when we were 2 on down. I was like, oh, for God's sake. I think it was 1-0 down, in fact. I was just focusing on the Bristol City-Sheffield United game. Mm. Mm. Which was, well, fantastic. Bristol City doing us a favour there, winning 3-2. God, it was weird, wasn't and it? And then us getting the win, you know? That was really weird. I don't think... I think that's the first time this season you've really kind of monitored a situation so closely as ours developed at the same time. It's It's weird how that Sheffield United game really felt like the first time this season another game really depended on our future but that might be making it a bit too dramatic because we still have a long way to go yeah but do you know what i mean in that feeling when you saw bristol do what they did on text and notifications again for us it, it just even brought more intensity didn't it to it all this, this week it was nuts i mean we've had to really research uh, you know and essentially taking in what was i'm probably going to go down as one of pablo hernandez's best performances ever like one will remember yeah. i mean you know we have consistently been huge fans of pablo 
on this podcast. I mean, who isn't? I, I mean, I, I really don't know anyone who, in any serious way, consistently has given Pablo Hernandez a bad time ever since he joined Leeds. But that yesterday, by all accounts, just feels like, you know, the guy, the guy is, the only way I can, and you've seen the documentary, I'm repeating what I've said on past podcasts, but it almost feels like he's our Gordon Strachan this year. He, he's, I know he's not the captain, like Strachan was then, but he seems to be that experienced, skillful magician who just drives us towards victory whilst he's on the pitch. You always believe you've got a chance of winning. I mean, it's almost like when you think about all those three-two comebacks we had over Christmas, and now this—they're all Pablo-driven in some shape or form. You know, when we've really needed that that moment, it's always Pablo. Who, I mean, how many killer passes does he? Never mind the goals. What about all the passes he does, all the killing passing he does? It's absolutely yeah. the guy's absolutely, probably going to go down as one of our greatest players of all time. I seriously do believe it. I, I agree with you on every point of that, but like God knows how he's not been like how he's not managed to get into that team of the season in that I mean, the championship yeah. have made. Honestly, I bet they're thinking, "Oh, God, we should have put Pablo in it." Now I just I just don't know anyone who's getting that much hype as him who gets does as many brilliant things as him. I mean, I can't identify anyone in the championship, can you? No, to be honest, I think it's because, like, you know, how good he's doing, like, for his age, to be honest. I'm not saying that he's old. Mm. I mean, like, 33, and you're able to be scoring two goals against Millwall, and, like, I mean, like, only one of the one of the many g- g- amazing players in, the, in Europe to get um, double figures in mm. goals and assists. I mm. mean, is it... I, I, think for his age he's doing fantastic oh amazingly well and there's almost part of me again going down the Strachan line there was this when we got promoted up to the premiership you know Strachan was um well no sorry it wasn't the premiership it uh, at the time obviously it was the first division it was when we won the championship it was almost like really hyped up that we had to buy a replacement for him. And we brought in the David Rodecastle, who at the time was one of the best uh, midfielders and right midfielders. We got him from Arsenal for a huge fee, two million pounds, I think it was. How massive is that? <laughs> and he he kept Rodecastle out of the team the following season. He kept David Rodecastle. Strachan kept Rodecastle out of the team because he was so amazing. And I think Pablo's got that in him. If he keeps fit, you know, yes, he gets the odd injury, but he's probably one of the most consistent played players this season, I would have thought. Um, the, the, the similarities between Pablo and, and Gordon Strachan for me, from what I remember, I was very young uh, in the early 90s, so uh, just a little bit older than you are now. Uh, but, you know, he seems to have that same aura about him, and, you know, you know so long may it last at the same time. It'd be interesting to get that team up, actually, wouldn't it, and have a look who uh, who beat him to the midfield places, I would assume, um, we'd look at. Do you want to see if you can get that, that, that team up? Straight away, although I think he is great, Shea Adams, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I wouldn't put in front of Pabs. To be, uh, but to be fair, you know I mean? for the age of, like, Shea Adams is, like, 20. And yeah, but it's not about age, is it? It's about it's not it, about potential. It, this is yeah, about but, the best team have, of the have, season. Yeah, but have you seen how many goals he's scored? He's scored about, like, 22 or something. Has he? Yeah. So, 
I mean, yeah, maybe you can't look at this in a, in a formation type of way. So who's in that midfield there? Jared Bowen. I mean, Pablo Hernandez is miles better than him. He has and had who, a good and who's season. who's the one in the middle? Who's a, who's That's a, Oliver Norwood. He's been great for Sheffield. So really what we're saying, Gerard, Ger, was it? Gerard, Gerard Bowen. Jared Bowen. We should have, who was meant to be coming to us, wasn't he? Yeah. At one point. Um, yeah, I, I'd say, I'd, I mean, again, it's hard because we are so biased, but yeah, surely that should have been Pabs's. I mean, there, I think it's standing out obvious, isn't it? But I mean, quite interestingly, they put him on the left. I thought what I picked up from everything we saw uh, from Ellen Road on Saturday, it, it kind of looked to me like, it was a game about the left side of the field. Did you notice that? Everything seemed to happen. All the incidents and all the chances seemed to come from the left side. So, for example, uh, that first goal of Millwall's, I mean, what a mess on the left side. I don't even know where Alioski was. I'd be really interested to know um, from people who were at the game, you can drop us a tweet at Lad to Leeds. It's probably the best way to do it on Twitter. But it kind of looked to me that Alioski was of all sorts, maybe a little bit too offensive for his own position because he wasn't anywhere to be seen for that goal uh, we let in. And it was more like Harrison running back to kind of cover Alioski's backside. And that guy gets a cross in. I don't know who he is. I don't know who the number eight was who scored the header. But the one thing that stood out to me, there were four Leeds players in that box and not one of them beat this one guy from Millwall to do the header. That was really disappointing. But uh, from hearing uh, how it was going on LUTV's audio stream, it sounded like Millwall were just the better side from the start. They really gave it to us and that was a punishment. From there, the Alioski point being, he was the one who won the penalty. He was the one who was doing the, the big push-up front and got the penalty on the left-hand side. And also, uh, I think he might have been off the pitch for Millwall's next goal. But that, again, uh, what led to the penalty, it was a breakdown uh, of the side. I think he was off because it was Barry Douglas, wasn't it? Yeah. Barry Douglas made a mistake again. Second game in a row. And, I mean, with that penalty, we haven't talked about uh, um, a man's penalty, Bamford, that he missed. I mean, it was just a soft-ass penalty. It was like one of the... It reminded me of a, one of those penalties when you're playing FIFA and you accidentally double-click or something yeah. instead of doing the power. And you go, oh, no way! And you can't change what the man's doing. You can, like, see him running up and you know it's just going to be a soft punt down the middle. It felt like one of those. But, you know, going back to Barry Douglas, second game in a row, he really let himself down by giving away possession on that left-hand side. Next thing we know, Coops. I mean, I kind of get Coops really did raise his hands going, I haven't touched him. And I've looked over and over again. It actually does look like he doesn't touch him. But I think in that moment, the way Coops dived in, yeah, it was really kind of... Oh well, do you know what Harrison, when he gave away, when that cross came in for the first goal as well, and and Coops, it both there, their kind of body movement and what they did technically just seemed to be like not even it'd be offensive to schoolboy stuff. It just felt a little bit like one Harrison, you don't jump up and turn your back like he did. If you're gonna get a block him, throw your flipping face in front of it, mate. Don't turn your back. If you're gonna block it, block it. And Coops, you're in your own box, mate. Why are you flying in with the left peg onto your backside? 
when you know that guy, you could see his, his body shape is turning to go inside. I mean, what do you think? You you play at the back for your team. What do you think? Well, for for school, on both those points. Well, for school, I play at the back. In fact, but when you're going to block a shot, you like you can't jump up and turn your back. You've got to like get in front of it. Like I think there was a block I did well today. And it was like, they just fight it. Well, you like got to put a leg in or something. Get ev- anything like- in front of it. It's like, you know, oh my God, I can't believe I'm mentioning. Why did he pop into my head first? It was a guy called Peter Schmeichel. He used to be in goal for Man United. Now, he was a goalkeeper, but he was famous for being brilliant at stopping one-on-ones. And one of those things was, it was kind of like, he was just great at, you know, in those moments, those diving moments, just make yourself, but you've got to get whatever you can in front of it. It's a bit different, obviously, when, when you're an outfield player, because you can't use your arms to make yourself big. But it's just that whole movement of like, it's almost like I feel like a cop-out when a player jumps up and twists, because it's almost like, I'm going to make the action to make it look like I'm putting everything into it. But by turning your back, that's just you being a wuss and and not not doing your job. You like literally, yeah, jump up and puff your chest out, widen your legs, anything, man. Just get in front of it. I, well, I haven't been like you and just gone over the footage over and over again. I, I I just saw it and think, yeah, that's a penalty. I think I think it's just the way he lunges in that kind of catches the referee because because he, he just goes flying him. I mean, mm. there's no need. But and that's what it is. It looks. He makes it look so obvious. I, I kind of felt like Coops might have had a point, but again, it was just the action, wasn't it, of lunging in. Um, it it just seemed really, really poor decision making as from you know a technical point of view. But again, that left hand side just kept on giving. Pabs's first goal, man. You know, it built from the left again. I'm try. I'm trying to think of like lots of. Great movements that have happened from the right-hand side this season, and I'm wondering if it is all about our left-hand side on on where you know all our our magic kind of comes from. You know, I'm, I'm on that right-hand side. I know Pablo normally comes in from that, but so, a lot of the time when you see Pablo do some real magic, it's when he's come right into the middle, isn't it, and goes through the front. You know, like the goal against West Brom. It's when he comes into the middle, and you know, it was it was the same with the goal that came from the left and it was a beautiful movement that came through the pitch that actually went through Hernandez to click to Ailing. Ailing crosses Hernandez is in the middle bang you know it was what a finish by the way uh, I know it wasn't the West Brom style finish but the accuracy and the lovely depth it's almost like a pass a lovely pass into the corner isn't it but yeah. again it all seemed to come from the left the left I mean this I'm not sure what kind of point I'm trying to make here but it did just feel that the Millwall game showed off where a lot of our weaknesses and strengths and maybe our inconsistencies of you know great creative moving forward but weaknesses coming back the left hand side is something that probably just needs shored up a little I, it was something I, I really noticed and you know when it came to the second half and the guys, uh, Harrison's work on the left, he just he just ran his backside off. Um, there was a lovely little move as well. I don't know if you saw that on the highlights of uh, Harrison. He kind of like cut through and did a few one-twos and his finishing just let him down. 
Harrison probably had quite a decent game again. You know, uh, he's at fault for that goal in the context we've explained, but his ethic to fight for that ball and how he kept it in on the line as well. I thought that was really smart and it was just so much quicker than any of the Millwall players. And, you know, fair play to Douglas. Douglas is an interesting person to talk about as far as our season's concerned because everyone was buzzing about how cheap we got Douglas for. But that, for me, on Saturday, was probably the best touch I've seen him do all all season to set up Aileen for a great header with Aileen. By the way, challenging uh, Shackleton for most passionate celebration with that as well. Wow, he he bounced around the the whole pitch and you know screaming over to the West Stand as well. Um, that was from Douglas's great cross. He's one of them players where he he will have a either a really good game or he will just have a Clark game, and it's like. It, like the good games though happen like every once in a while. I think think from what we're seeing that game was quite good for him, you know. I think seeing as the price tag we get for him, we're obviously gonna be expecting big things because last season promoted with Wolves, fifteen assists. And he looked great, yeah. didn't he? Most assists in great the free season. kicks. Then I think he he didn't bring exactly what he did from Wolves over to Leeds, but He's still good. I mean, who would we have played at left-back without Barry Douglas? Alioski. No, but at the start of the season. I mean, probably Alioski again, you know, because he, he, he has got form there for his country, hasn't he? It's. Uh, I mean, we, we did need something. I mean, I, I was going to say, what about the kid Pierce? To be honest, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He was there as well. Don't don't get me wrong. I was buzzing as anyone about, about Douglas. It just doesn't seem to have panned out for him like you know and I think it says a lot about probably the team he was playing for was absolutely amazing um I mean don't get me wrong I'm loving what Leeds are doing at the moment but I just I think it's a funny one how he's not been able to reflect the same kind of achievements of what he did with Wolves with us and you know we're battling for the front too um and certainly, for me, Alioski's always looked looked better in that position ever since falling into it. I mean, but again, that was for that goal probably one of the best the best crosses I've seen. Tyler Roberts, man, sometimes looks like he's not in the game at all. But wow, the way he set up that that Pablo goal, uh, the place erupts into absolute hysteria. And it came from Tyler Roberts just doing some wonderful technique. That guy, I'm so excited for. I hope his development keeps on going. If we get promoted, I hope he's still given a chance in the Premiership, you know. Because obviously, I think we're going to have to, if we do get promoted, and oh my God, we're getting a bit too close. We might, we, we shouldn't really be talking about this, but we should be buying a, a real top-class striker if we do go up, a premiership-class striker. But I do hope Tyler Roberts' development continues because at this moment in time, it does feel like he's just getting stronger and stronger. He's in the Wales national squad. You know, there's lots of potential in him. I mean, he's only 19. Depends how long he does stay with us, but I can see him doing good things for us yeah. in the future. Yeah, no, he looks exciting. You know we must have done well despite the scoreline being 3-2 and making it look like a close-run race. But Neil Harris, 
a manager for whatever reason. It's obviously completely connected to the fact that he's, he's manager of Millwall. And I was thinking about this as well. What Millwall is a football club. It, well, I've never known such a football club to be based. And ever since social media started of exposing, you used to hear about this some trips. I mean, I'd done one trip to Millwall once, and I, I didn't find it like scary in a violent way by any stretch. But you know, you were aware of it, so the air of it was there. I just found it really horrible and gloomy. Just a gloomy, soulless club when I was there, and I've never known a club to just totally base their whole core on on you know really offensive mantras and and violence and you know it's and the thing with neil harris he he doesn't represent any of the, the horrid things that you associate with uh millwall by any stretch of imagination but he really never falls short of making sure in defeat in win or anything at all that he gives leads a little backhander um after the game and guess what he didn't he didn't come out and say it. he was actually quite these are a top team so that kind of shows i think the performance we put in there despite the anxieties we had watching the notifications flying whilst we were out for lads uh, mum's birthday yes she has her birthday just before mother's day this is known as a lad's mum's weekend we were obviously in 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 super form we were obviously um despite the slow start and those mistakes and there were mistakes the thing is the two millwall goals really were terrible mistakes we must have been absolutely boss one person we haven't talked about here i'm going to throw one question at you one question at you now do we drop bailey peacock farrell for the next game don't know to be honest because i could only say if we did watch the game because we have no clue how he did we, the only thing we know is that he let in two goals and i, I saw him do uh, a great save as well but i think it might be a bit harsh on kiko i think because for the good form that he he was in before the sheffield game but you might say the same with Bailey Peacock Farrell. I think st- start Kiko next game because I mean it's against Birmingham. They're they're in a lot of trouble now because of that nine points deduction. Yeah, they're going to be West Brom as well. Th- yeah, they? they're going to really be wanting to win this game. So I think I think start Kiko over Peacock Farrell for what just reason? For that for what reason? Because of the little bit more experience Kiko has mm. in him. Well, I see. I think for every argument there is to to bring Kiko in, there's an argument for Bailey Peacock to stay in. To be quite honest, I, I, I it's, it's weird, isn't it? I almost like I feel like Kiko's got a few more passes from these fans. You know, he could make a couple of mistakes and we'll be all right. But say, you know, third time of a mistake. You know, I'm not saying it'll be another sending off, but there's just something in me that says, well, what have you done better than Bailey Peacock Farrell? And, you know, Bailey Peacock Farrell has been involved in a 3-2. And I just kind of wonder if the fact that we did concede two goals might go against him, despite the fact I don't think he had a chance for the header and also one was a penalty. 
you know that's 50 50 isn't it in fact you'd say actually it was lower so i i don't know i just kind of think maybe it's a bit harsh you know surely if we're going to compete for places and, and want the best players when when if you play good enough you stay in the team the fact is kiko got sent off he made a bad decision he necessarily didn't have to make that move back in the sheffield united game which i don't want to be talking about anymore um but my point is it, i'm going to be really interested to see if kiko does come back i am gonna bet he does i think bielsa will bring him back yeah I think he will. I think he'll just bring him back. Marshall, barely peek up for our lad, and I'll drop us a tweet at Lad to Leeds. Let's get a level on some of the points we might go. So the next game, the next two games are away, and they're a bit tricky. Birmingham, there. Well, as I said before, in a ton of trouble in the relegation battle now. So mm. th- they'll put up a good game. Then they also have Shea Adams, who's that's it. They're going to put up a really good fight, aren't they? So, That's going to be probably one of the tougher ones, as is Preston, which is on the Tuesday night after the Birmingham one. So actually, that period of time is a really... It's, come, come, it's probably how you want it, thick and fast, but they're probably physically going to be two of the, the hardest teams we come up against. So you mean score predictions against Birmingham? I'm going to go... I think for both these games, we're going to get a draw for each. 2-1 run against Birmingham... Mm. With Preston, they're like a weird team. They mm. went on that. They're like they're on a good win run, mm. but then they like drop in form. Then they go back up again. But I think you know. I reckon we'll win against Preston. Mm-hmm. I reckon it'll be like a. It'll be something like the past games with Preston we've had. It'll be something like three two or something like right. that. Right. Oh, well, mate, I'm with you. I'm with us. you. Right. And then who's who? What's the game after Preston? Yorkshire Derby, Sheffield Wednesday at home. Oh, man. we we Do you know what? It's just one of them. I really feel like we owe those guys. I've never really thought they're that much better than us by any stretch of imagination. Because, I mean... They just seem to always get something against them. Like, that, that game um, when we did play them, it was literally one, one worldie of a goal mm. decided the game. Mm. And that Adam Reach goal, it, it was literally... I, I still I, I still think about that. I think it was like jammy that. I I mean, that was well jammy. jammy. It was. It was. Jammy. That was class. It was. It class. was class. Sometimes, sometimes it was you just bit... have to give you just to put have to put your hand up and say that was. But he was meant everything jammy. he did there. But I think it was it was just that worldy of a goal decided the game. They didn't really like have any real like threatening chances. They just had that. That one will the other shot, which ended up going in. I think I think that'll be a two 0 win to us. Agree, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And then we get into bank holiday period, don't we? So I yeah. think we play on the Friday. Who we got? Wigan. Wigan at home. Flash them. Yeah, gotta. That's like a. That's got like a four nil. And that isn't being cocky, but we've just got to go in and go. Come on, if we're gonna have a good run in, you know, if if for example, if my predictions are right, and then we get and we get two draws, a win against Sheffield Wednesday, we need that win. Because guess what? <laughs> you won't believe this. Sheffield United's next game, almost identical to ours, Preston at home. No, Preston away, then Birmingham away. <laughs> yeah? yeah? And then they're at home to Millwall for that next game. How nuts is that? Yeah. So, um, you know, that is... Oh, man, that's going to be so tight. Then after that, Brentford away. Yeah. I think that might be on the telly as well because it's like it five is. o'clock kickoff or something. 
Um, bit of a stinker of a ground for us, Brentford, isn't it? Yeah, when we've been there in the past, it's always been a, like, a dodgy game mm, for us. Mm, yeah. I'd you know, like, I think a draw there, because... I mean, I'm going to go. We've got to win that. That's got to be something. If we want to go up, we've got to win Because Brentford do have some class players, mm. and that's the thing. Mm, we do. That's coming to the near the end of the season as well. There'll be about three games mm, yeah, after that. Only that. Well, look, I think step by step, we need to just look at this. Uh, the ne- next two games are real toughies. Birmingham away. Like you say, they're going to be scrapping and then pressing away. Oh, God, it's getting exciting. Batty, Batty about, about reading. Lad has been reading David Batty's old biography all season. Yes, it's taken him that long because he's just chipping in and out. But hey, reading equals knowledge, especially when it comes to David Batty's autobiography, of which we are going to share with you now. Lad, what's our Batty fact today? Well, when he joined Leeds for the second time, as you may know, a nightmare of injuries, lots of injuries. Um, One of them was a torn Achilles, which hurts a lot. Ooh. Well, I haven't been from it from experience. I've had a bald muscle before and that hurt. But Talk God knows Achilles. what. Achilles heel, man. It's one of the worst. God knows what that feels like. Batty about reading. So we've been really quiet on the socials recently. Massive apologies for that. Um, essentially, it's because my job is, is just gone to a next level as far as being a bit of a time bandit so uh, my i even got uh, an alert from my my weekly report on my phone saying i was down 22 percent on phone time which is meant to be good but what that means is i haven't spent as much time talking to you guys on socials of which i would prefer anyway because this is a lad's podcast i wish he'd do it so please message lad make sure that it's clean obviously no millwall fans uh, or I'll Man United him. fans. I'll have yeah, him. I'll have him. Uh, but anyway, uh, big shout because this is a special day. This is a day after the Millwall game, but also, what is it? Mother's Day. And hopefully you've all had wonderful days with your mums or those mums in your life. So, this week's lad shout. To all the mums that have shown support to us, that's the mums who listen to the podcast, mm. the mums of the people who listen. Hi, mums. And the mums of the kids of people who listen. Mums, this week's shout-outs are for you. No specific people. Just, just uh, all the mums. All the mums. Because it's Mother's Day. Uh, so, we'll be another week will go by. Uh, we have a podcast that will come straight after... Uh, that's actually WrestleMania weekend as well, oh, isn't yeah, it? The Birmingham God. one. But um, that probably should be another podcast. Anyway... Come on, we can go to Birmingham and do it. All Leeds are we. What a fantastic Mother's Day weekend. Thank you, Leeds. Thank you, Mothership Leeds United. Come on, Leeds! I took my lad to Leeds. Join the conversation on Twitter. Follow on Instagram at lad to leeds Facebook. Search lad to leeds